There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this week I'm joined by Patty Barkley, Allison Rudd, and from the wonderful place we call the Midlands, it's Peter Lansley. Today we're going to be focusing on an incredible final day of the season, lots of ups and downs in the relegation battle, and also the perhaps not unexpected, but certainly sudden sacking of Carlo Ancelotti. We'll also be announcing our All-Star Premier League team of the season. So please join us for the next 40 minutes or so. It'll be some of the best football conversation you hear all week. Obviously, big news in the uh, in the Ancelotti uh, leaving Chelsea, but we're going to get to that in a minute because first we have to talk about this this incredible roller coaster. Now, I I, I live this uh, I have to say in my home office where I am fortunate enough, thanks to modern technology, to have four television screens plus uh, a computer, two computers in fact, where I can where I can stream things legally, of course. Um, you're a Bond villain, aren't you? It's, I, I just thought, like, it's the last day of the season. If you're not at one of the games supporting your teams or if you don't have to cover a game to actually work, this is the way to do it. And in fact, one of the channels, very helpfully, did this very cool round-the-grounds type thing, sort of live, mm. which I think it was a Greek channel, which was very exciting. I saw people, like, talking about, ooh, how clever, Match of the Day did it last night. Well, you know what? Match of the day, welcome to 1992. This is the technology we have. And just as a viewer and as a neutral in this case, I am kind of annoyed um, that people were denied this televisual spectacle. But I, I want to start with Lansley because I, I think Wolves staying up is, 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 absolutely, uh, is absolutely incredible. Um, Peter, how did he do it? <laughs> By beating the big teams and even though they were losing to the little teams. Um, I think I read in the Sunday Times yesterday that this is the most together team in the Premier League. And um, as someone who, who, I have to admit, hails from Wolverhampton, I was very proud to read that, and I have to agree with it as well. When they've, when they've been the underdogs, they've been fantastic. Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, the big games against Albion and Villa, they came up trumps. And then when they have to bother with Wigan and Bolton and Blackburn at home, they've been fairly pants. But in fact, they've got eight points against their bottom six rivals and 12 points against the top six sides in the country. So um, it's been that togetherness and that underdog mentality that's seen them over the line. 
know, Patty, it's it's kind of a surreal situation where yeah. where, where a team are are, are three 0 down at home, mm. and then they kind of know like we can still lose this game. We just have to sort of nick one and mm. and whatever. It's not something, it's not a situation you normally find yourself in. No. I mean, you could argue maybe in, in sort of two legged European ties, sometimes you can lose and still win. Yes, yeah. here you're playing against a totally disinterested uh, opponent, an opponent that already made its point. Uh, how did you see that? Well, the the I mean, I thought the the uh, Wolves Blackburn game was the most nailed on draw of the Premier League season, and I, I I just simply could not believe that these two teams wouldn't play a draw and bank on the other three threatened sides not all winning difficult games. If they had uh, simply played out a draw, they would both have been safe. Uh, everything would have been fine and I think in a way it's a great testament to the honesty of English football that that didn't happen if I'd been a manager of of, of one of those clubs I would certainly have suggested it um, so I, I, it simply I, I think it sort of edifies the whole drama that game just contained everything that's unpredictable um, everything that's nerve jangling because Wolves obviously just didn't turn up to begin with. <coughs> um, obviously, we couldn't uh, uh, couldn't watch all of the games at once. Um, only the match of the day team can do that uh, and, me. And, and be and be authoritative and me. on all. But um, yeah, it was, I, I think it was an extraordinary. The whole day was dramatic. But 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 that's the score that stands out for me. Um, but and, didn't but, you feel, Paddy, that Blackburn needed to win that? No. Just to, to show, I thought they did. He I was surprised you said they were disinterested. The owners were there. He'd. Those guys, he, he, yeah, but he, in those the, the, those ridiculous suits, mm-hmm. hey, come on. I mean, he, I, I actually think I'm, I'm only going to limb, on a limb from, from for, for Steve Keen here, and then we'll have to move on. But this whole thing is this, everything's been tweeted with Blackburn. It's all been a gigantic joke that we in the media have put out. I, I, I know Sam Allardyce, a lot of friends in the media, and I know, um, and, and I know that, that a lot of good people on the staff there. And I think it's an open secret that people like Chris Samba and probably Ryan Nelson weren't exactly thrilled by. By what happened, but Blackburn are still up there. This Steve Keane, like Mr. 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 Nobody, you know, go rent a bald man from Scotland. He did his job, right, Alison? No, but he need he needs more than that. I think he I think he needed to show that he could take a team, and they could win, and they could go out in a little little blaze of tiny blaze of glory. And they actually played in that first half. They played some nice football, and he's been he's been saying that week in week out when they've been getting draws when they should have won that we are we're a decent footballing side, and everyone's been laughing at him and saying yeah yeah, and you're not going to be there next season, Steve. So shut up. I, that man still believes he's in with a chance of being the manager of a Premier League club next season and mm-hmm. he, he wanted to prove that he had something about him. Let's talk about another team that, that are staying up, um, I, I think very much uh, against the odds, um, Wigan. Mm. Because this is, this is another sort of unloved team. Uh, Dave Whelan, 100 million pounds, he claims to have put in the club. The, the bottom line is ultimately it's, it's about the players, it's about the staff, some of those people that are left over from, from the Steve Bruce era who, who've put together a team that played good football and they yeah. went away to Stoke and I watched this game Allison 
Stoke played. In fact, I, I saw shades of the old Stoke, the Stoke from two years ago. You know, they, it's the last game of the season. They said, all right, let's go back to just booting long balls. You know, for once. Win, yeah. You know, but I mean, after after playing reasonable football um, this season, and and we can George Cal- um, Caldwell at the back, Al Hampsey, who I don't know what he's listed as, but he looks like he's five foot nine. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, getting to every ball, mm-hmm. I, it was just tremendous. No, I, well, I at the risk of being too girly about this, I thought the scenes from Wigan were the most beautiful and poignant of any of the relegation battle scenes. That I mean, they're a tiny club and they're they're not favourites amongst journalists because journalists say, well, they're so small and normally they take a very small pocket of away fans to games, especially in London, and it's so easy to dismiss them as having no right to be in the Premier League. But they had their core fans there at Stoke. There was just something, and Wigan have—they've played exactly the same all season. They've always tried to play with a touch of flair and mm. a tiny bit of arrogance, and a sense that they there's more to them than a team that scrap around the bottom. And that the way that Roddy Ager stood, have, having scored, I just thought that was incredibly beautiful. It was just the most beautiful scene, and just to hear Wigan fans going berserk, which we don't do very often, and the fact that Martinez—he's such a lovely, lovely bloke—and his his chairman has backed him. He plays the football he wants to play he never he's never changed that he's never had self-doubt he's always believed in them and somewhere along the way everyone will have doubted that he, that he had the right to say that and it came good and I just I, I'm so pleased they're going to be there again mm. again Lanza are you on board with this or is Alison being girly as she puts it no I, I well I, I would join her in her girliness there because I, I think um, we're going to play some fantastic stuff they've um you know they've been inconsistent. Is this the first time they've won back-to-back games? But but some of their play, as when Valencia was there, has been absolutely top class. And when and when the you, you, you go say you you come out Valencia, come on, say something nice about them this season, Lansley. Valencia yeah, absolutely. Was a few, well, what, was my point, like my point ago, being, yeah. Gab, that they've continued that, and people have people like Tom Cleverley doesn't. You know, it's barely. You mentioned noticed. another United player. <laughs> oh. What are you, the editor of Red Issue? <laughs> Okay, Charles and Zogby, he's a Wigan player, right? Sort of, for now. Yeah, yeah. Ahead, well, yeah. exactly. Okay, let's, let's... Well, no, I think they've played some cracking stuff, really incisive. They've been a, a little bit like Blackpool in that they've, they've tried to build from the back, but they've yeah. got better players at I the think, back. I think but now the question is, can they keep hold of Figuera and Zogbia, Rodolega, when you're getting 16,000 crowds? Can oh. you see those guys staying? Uh, James McCarthy's the one for me. The, mm. the goal, goal of the season. Scored the goal of the season. Teenager, teenager. For those who don't know who he is, he's teenager. He's British. He plays. He plays behind the strikers. Oh, in I the wish whole, he was British. In, in, he's, oh. uh, he plays. He's just opted to play for the yeah, Republic no, of Ireland. He really is Scottish. I'm saying he was born in this on this yeah, sector. You're right. You're right. He's one of your um, peeps. But uh, I mean, he's he's a very good player. But I, I think that that, that uh, Alison touched on this when she spoke of uh, Dave Whelan. I think that uh, uh, and the, you know there are exceptions that break this rule. But I think that the survival of Wolverhampton Wanderers and Wigan Athletic uh, is a testimony to the to the importance of a good relationship between the chairman and the manager. Uh, in the case of Whelan and Martinez, it, they're rock solid. Steve Morgan and uh, Mick McCarthy, I, as, as far as I, I can tell, seem to be rock solid. And if the chairman and the manager are rock solid, the team will be rock solid. And I think that uh, clubs all over can learn from this. And I know you, you could throw the example of Blackburn Rovers at me and say, well, that proves you're talking absolute tripe. But it is generally true that, and Chelsea might learn from this, that if you're, uh, if, but if you're bored and your manager are together, you will have a team that's together.
let's move on to uh, the not so happy stories. Spurs against Birmingham City. Uh, Allison, I want to start with you because this was this was like sort of Spurs, like sort of last days coming out of school. It was just a bunch of dudes on the pitch. Some of them good, some of them not so good. They were playing. They were pushed on by the crowd. They were out there having fun. And Birmingham just could not find a way to get the result they needed. I, I, at one point, I saw Craig Gardner run into, Le- Craig Gardner, who'd already been booked, run into Ledley King in what was one of the most ridiculous attempts to dive at the season. And by the way, nice to see Ledley King out there. Hopefully we'll see him again sometime. But uh, in the end, Birmingham kind of got what they deserved, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, although it's, I mean... Yeah. The statistics post-Carling Cup victory make it look like they couldn't handle uh, glory, but I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, they were they're they're a thin squad, um, reliant on on being able to churn out the same back four every week. And as soon as they weren't able to do that, I think I think the wheels came off slightly. Um, I, I, I don't I don't believe for one minute that psychologically winning the Carling Cup affected them at all. That's, I just don't get that. And people who've suggested that, please, please explain in more depth because that, that should really make you think, yeah, we can do this. Um, but it's more... I think, I think when people were asked for their predictions, everyone, I think most people said, well, I don't think Birmingham can go to Spurs and win. And that says less about Birmingham, actually, more about Spurs, who who have this season when the expectations and the pressure's been off, have produced their most beautiful free-flowing football, and they were always going to play well on the final day. Of the season. I, 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 I actually thought they, they 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 could win, to be honest. But I, Lansley, because because on because on the one hand, Peter, I I I, I want to blame the owners because it's always fun uh, to do so, but. On the other hand, you could also make the point that, you know, he went out and he spent money on, on he chose to bring in Bosajor and, and, and Zigic and, um, you know, and then didn't replace Benitez with a Benitez-type player until perhaps uh, Obafemi Martins arrived, who then got hurt. So, did, I mean, can we blame this on some pretty crucial personnel decisions of McLeish, or do we just swallow the line that it's all because Scott Dan got hurt? <laughs> Well, I think it's, they, the thing is, they play. They were like an old, like a seventies team, weren't they? Who had a best whatever thirteen or something. And last year, on their way to finishing ninth, you know, highest finish in fifty-one years. I think they named the same team about eleven games in a row. And the point was always, yeah, but what about when you run out of steam? They didn't have the cups to distract them last year. This year, Barry Ferguson playing on through the final with cracked ribs taking a jab to carry on playing afterwards when he palpably wasn't fit. And we say that about Scott Dan Gab, but you're absolutely right, because that back four, he marshaled them while um, Johnson took the plaudits. He was the one who was just sort of moving them around. So when they lost Dan, they lost um, Ferguson on, you know, um, on all cylinders, and then their strikers just fell one by, by the other. That thin team was just exposed more than anyone else. And yet, would you have had them not go for the Carling Cup? No, I, 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 I personally don't think there ever was a, a trade-off. I think that's just a, an argument that some people make. But, Patty, I, I want to ask you, I mean, you, you, you've obviously have a certain affinity with, uh, with McLeish. You've yeah. followed his career. Yeah. I mean, you've got a good reputation. You've delivered a piece of silverware. You've just been relegated. Should you maybe look around and try to get a job in the Premier League? Uh, I or make noises to leave? I don't think uh, I don't think there would be a job for him in the Premier League. I think that... Uh, so the only way he gets back is if he gets promoted back up. Yes, and I think that... Well, I, I, I would have thought so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to look 
at uh, I mean there's a there's a surplus of uh, of talent over jobs available uh, at the moment I mean uh, there's not going to be unless Ian Holloway decides to go elsewhere there's not going to be a, a vacancy you know at Blackpool well, I mean he's not going to want to take the Blackpool <coughs> job because that's still in the championship the, but the, I mean yeah there, there is a, we have in Britain actually a, an abundance of managerial talent at the moment so I don't think there'll be a job for um, Alex McLeish in the, in the Premier League I think there is a job for him obviously trying to get Birmingham back I mean that's that, but that's a hell of a job Finally um, I'm I, we, we have to talk about the other team that, that, that was relegated uh, at the weekend uh, and that's Blackpool going away uh, to Manchester United 4-2 I strongly if I, I'm going to file a super injunction against all of you now mm-hmm. uh, please do not use the word breath of fresh air when describing this team <laughs> let's all recognize that they went out there with, with a bunch of players who most of us hadn't heard of they played very good football uh, I'll remind you that when they played United the first time at one point they were killing them and mm-hmm. had the game had the mm-hmm. game in hand again, and again this week Two one up. Um, well, it, and, and Vidit should have been sent off as usual. And you could make that point. And and Evitt, you know, who I thought was pretty good this season. I mean, how he managed to overrun the ball on the first goal mm. and then give that that, that 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 silly own goal for for the other goal and the fourth goal was scored by this this Michael Owen chap. I. I mean, should Blackpool recriminate or should they just be happy? It's all Holloway's fault, actually. He, Here we he, go. He, he almost did it, didn't he? And the difference between doing it and not doing it was his attitude. I spoke to him after the Spurs game a couple of weeks ago and he said, are Blackpool strong enough? Do they have enough to stay up? I don't think they do. You can't... He was preparing. He was preparing for defeat, for having lost the battle to stay up before it actually happened. He should have been much more bolshy. Mm. He, he's very funny and everyone loves him and everyone uses the phrase that's banned. Mm. But actually, when you analyse what he said, he didn't say enough to, to bolster the ego of those very lowly paid players. Yeah, he, Paddy, needed, he needed to be bigger than he was. You, you could say that, but I think that, that what we have to say about this season, and we, we never look for the, uh, for the, for the good things... But what we have to say about this season, I've told you all along, that what's going to happen this season is that a good team, at least one good team, is going to be relegated. Birmingham City aren't a bad team. Blackpool are a good team. And they've both been relegated. And and, and what's more, even West Ham, who most people think are, have been an absolute disgrace, they've beaten all the top clubs. They've had great moments. And that's been the joy of this season. Everybody says, oh, we've beaten the top clubs, but we have, we've lost points. Every Supporters of every club will tell you, we've beaten the top clubs, but we haven't taken points off the bottom clubs that's the testimony to how good this league has been and I'll tell you another thing because there aren't any bottom clubs anymore and the 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 other thing we need to remember if we're going to be positive is that in 10 20 years time from now Blackpool fans will look back on this season as heaven and so will Birmingham fans because a lot of water will have passed under the bridge of both clubs and and the the Carling Club Cup win will be celebrated for what it was a great victory over a very good side at that time and 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 Blackpool season will be remembered for what it was which was an absolute credit to that yeah, club you strip, and away, you strip away all that beauty and the fun of it all do you not, do not, do you not think fun. do you not think Holloway was a bit too self-deprecating I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with your point at all, but I think you also have to credit him uh, for making complete monkeys of us. In um, you know, we all would have said they might get two, three, four wins all season, and that'll be great. And they've got a lot more of that, and uh, they've been a breath of sea air. 
<laughs> on that note, uh, since I'm sure, Lansley, there's no possible way you could sum up Blackpool better than Patty just did, let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so news breaks uh, uh, late Sunday night, and uh, you can read about it in, in Matt Hughes's piece. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti does his press conference at Goodison, where Chelsea have just been beaten by Everton, and uh, he gets approached by um, a chap named Ron Gourlay, who, uh, whose day job is uh, to be Chelsea's chief executive, who says, can I have a word? And he tells him that um, his services are no longer, are no longer needed. Um, and... Now, I have to come out and say one thing in Chelsea's defense, which will probably be the last thing I will say in the club's defense today, um, that we absolutely crucified West Ham and the, um, the, the, the anti-Trinity for, for sacking um, Avram Grant there on the spot at Wigan. Um, Chelsea have come out and said that they did this because they wanted to give Ancelotti time to say goodbye to the players since as footballers often do they're all taking off at 5 o'clock in the morning um, on, on, on Monday um, make of that what you will I don't think anybody's surprised I've, I've thrown this out before anybody want to argue that it was a good idea to get rid of, of Ancelotti Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't. No, no, no. Don't, don't tell me if you don't. Do you think anybody, anybody want to argue that point? Because I've been searching far and wide for somebody to make a cogent argument why this man should be sacked, and I haven't found anybody yet. Anybody I, prepared I, to do I that? I know lots of Chelsea fans who have been unimpressed hey, 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 with Ancelotti. Hey, this hey, hey, apart from the Chelsea fans, you happen to know. Are you Alison Rudd prepared to make an argument why? Yeah, I could make an okay, argument. Okay, go ahead. Why? Because he had he he was successful with a team that he inherited that were inherently great. And what Chelsea do have, and people often forget, is they. Have Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A marvellous self-belief and a great team spirit. And for all John Terry's flaws, he, he doesn't half keep that team going as, as remembering their roots and that they love the fans and they have a connection and they're not just a group of mercenaries and that's something Man City can learn from. They're a very strong-willed team who love winning and um, a great team ethic He with all the talent that they have. So Ancelotti inherits that, wins the double, um, then, then things start to creak. There are the odd tweaks that need to be done. And you watch, in games that Chelsea have uh, lost, you watch Ancelotti. He doesn't seem to... I know you, you, you can read too much into body language, but there is I never... I know, I know, I know, and I know you hate, and I'm, I'm not saying it's the body language, but I don't, in terms of, you know, fact, I don't see him ever making changes or switching tactics or he doesn't know how to turn something round that's going slightly wrong. He doesn't have that... That, that, that quality that makes a manager great they know how to rescue a game when it's starting to run away from them um, and he, he seems terribly passive I mean I, I think it's probably very hard when you have an owner as, 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 as huge as Abramovich is and who imposes signings on you to know how to handle that but there, is, there, was, some, there was a terrible degree of passivity about the man um, very polite very, very lovely but don't you need if you're going to win the title which is, and, and the Champions League which is what Chelsea are supposed to be doing you need more fire in your belly than that so, and it's not and for that that reason that's a good reason to sack him because it's not working okay 
thank you for for, 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 for attempting to make that argument. I really, <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for that. not being patronizing. No, I don't think any 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 rebuttal is uh, is needed. But uh, having had to play devil's advocate many times myself, I will. You know, I I, I appreciate the effort you put into it. Um, <laughs> I, the point is, this guy's gone now. Um, Patty, what should happen next, and what will happen next? Oh well. Where do we start? But I'll, I'll try and be cogent. The um, really the culture of the club needs to change. I don't think. Um, I think a, a lot of what Alison said it actually did hit the nail on the head. If if he if he did have a weakness in England, it was in not being proactive enough, in not changing matches. Of course, the one we all remember uh, was when Mourinho out uh, did him. Um, but I, I mean, there 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 have been other examples. But I don't I don't think it's fair to judge him on that because the politics of the club are such a mess. The power structure of the club is so diffuse um, that it's very difficult, even for a coach who comes from a country where the culture is to look after the first team. Uh, I, I think it's impossible for him to put on big enough blinkers to do that job. And so w- w- what Chelsea have to do is look at themselves and blame themselves for turning a double-winning team uh, into uh, one that can't win the league or, or the cup or or anything I, I don't know what they've what I don't know who they are I don't know what they've got in mind it's quite difficult to discuss the affairs of Chelsea but all I'm saying is that let's just suppose that was the scenario that someone in power at Chelsea had absolutely doomed because if Vandre Villas-Boas is the man I think he is um and he may well be just another young meteorite of a manager but if he's the man we all think he may be he will go to them and say i ain't coming because you're a mess you are you're gonna you're just gonna ruin my career like you've ruined ruined carlo ancelotti's hey, but peter um i want to get your your take on this because i i generally you know i tend to actually back owners more than most people in this profession tend to be anti-manager most of the time however um I was kind of surprised that Goose Hinnink comes out, and I don't know the timing. I don't know what goes through his head or if those quotes are even are even real. They were on PA, so they must be true. Um, when he comes out, he's like, oh, I've been Roman Abramovich's uh, a special advisor for the past two years, don't you know? Um, <laughs> but and I'm who just, hasn't? What? Who hasn't been Roman Abramovich's well, <laughs> special advisor? There's Pete DeVisa. There's Eugene Tenenbaum. There was Frank Arneson. There's uh, the Nigerian guy. There's... <laughs> Nigerian guy's an assistant coach employed by the club, Michael Minard, to be fair. I mean, but... but uh, you, you, you Bobby do Campbell? What? Bobby Campbell? The, everyone has a piece. This guy must have bigger ears than Alfred E. Newman. Because everyone's got a piece of them. Actually, in the li- sorry, uh, Pete, but in the list of uh, people who have uh, Roman's ear, I completely forgot John Terry, uh, and that is one possibility that they could simply accept the d- the de facto position and give him the give him the title of manager, uh, as well as the, the notion that he is it. We we read in some esteemed um, publications <laughs> that um, Mourinho would like the job back if Abramovich would just go and bend one knee to him. What, what do you think about the possibility of Mourinho coming back to Chelsea and being loved again? Well, it's, it's funny because, well, first of all, obviously we know that the, the church of Mourinho is a broad one and you have the inner circle of, of, of acolytes living in their uh, castles um, and, uh, and you have a slightly wider church and so on. Um, 
This is a story that was doing the rounds um, a couple of weeks ago. We actually talked about a, a swap between uh, uh, Jose Mourinho and and Carlo Ancelotti, with him going the other way. Um, I, I, I I honestly honestly don't know. I wouldn't put anything past it. I, I think it would be very difficult for Mourinho if if Hiddink really is, you know, the the the, the ghost in Roman Abramovich's machine. Um, it would be very difficult for Mourinho to work with Hiddink because we can all tell ourselves that they're all great mates and so on, but Hiddink has a certain philosophy of football. Um, Mourinho has a different one. And by the way, the guy who's, I'm told, is sort of the front runner for the job, supposedly, if you believe this, in this Hiddink to take over as director of football scenario, which is one Marco van Basten, he's completely different from Hiddink. And, and this is what gets me because this is what actually really angers me here. And, and I will go on a tiny mini 10 second rant, uh, which is this. Um, it's, it seems to me that this is being done with no sense of logic. Hitting, Hitting's philosophy and Van Basten's philosophy completely different, completely different backgrounds, different clubs, different personalities. They just both happen to be Dutch. And I could see somebody going like, ooh, Mr. Abramovich, why don't you get this man, Marco Van Basten? He was a really good footballer, you know. Uh, he was a pretty good coach, too. And look, he's Dutch like Goose, so they'll get along fine. And Goose hitting saying, like, how much am I being paid? Oh, yeah, sure. All right, Marco, come here. Yeah, come come work with me. And Marco Van Basten saying, you know what? I don't have a job, and I'm not going to get one because I absolutely sucked when I was in charge of Holland. <laughs> that, oh, look, I have a chance at Chelsea. Let me start again. And you know what? My old teammate, Carlo Ancelotti, is such a nice guy. I'm sure I could ring him up and he'll tell me what I need to know and this is my chance at this. This is the insanity. This is the, the lack of direction and logic. There is no reason whatsoever why these two people should be working together to, to, to run a football club. Correct. Okay, rant over. How about we talk the official game podcast team of the season, which I'm sure you've all prepared. Now, Allison is a veteran of this. She'll remember the way we like to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, but, you have the casting vote, and you always vote for me. That's how I remember Exactly, it. Well, there's collusion. No, the formation is 4-3-3, because despite what that obscure magazine says, nobody plays 4-4-2 anymore. Um, I will be lenient in allowing uh, strikers as wingers and so on. Uh, you can tell me your midfield trio as a block. Um, but basically, the point is, uh, we will be going around position by position, and you will make a cogent, uh, you will make your you will make a cogent 20-second uh, uh, argument in favor of it. If anybody disagrees, they can make a cogent 20-second uh, argument going dissenting, and then we will put it to a vote, and if we're all split, then I have the casting vote. Or if you vote in somebody ridiculous, I can just overrule all of you. Let's start with goalkeeper, and let's start with Paddy. Paddy, your choice. Edwin van der Sar, simply the best. He's... Uh as uh, good this season as it is frankly I've watched his career for club and country um, I think he's as good as ever I can't believe he's taking his leave time's up nobody's going to dissent anyway right yeah no undersaw definitely okay we, uh, you're right back Alison I went for Ivanovic um, Brano pa- partly because I can't actually think of another right back that I would pick um, but I think, sure I, think I think he's an intelligent defender he's big and he's a threat when he's um, up front for a set piece or just going for forward um, and I like his attitude no nonsense and pretty consistent any dissent Patty yeah, yeah my, my, I, I know exactly I know what this guy looks like but I don't know his name it's either Fabio or Raphael I think they're both absolutely thrilling players and uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to go for Fabio I think he's played right back like three times all season for Manchester United. <laughs> okay, so Raphael. Ryan, that's fine. Uh, Lansley. I've, um, I've thrown in Micah Richards for his um, late runner form. 
starting to get near his potential. Ooh, interesting choices. I am called on to decide. Um, you basically, uh, I, I am kind of shocked because uh, uh, Alison, you've mentioned a guy who's really a central defender and looks like a cyborg. Uh, you've mentioned a guy who hasn't played half the season, Lansley, and uh, uh, you've mentioned two guys who look the same and ended <laughs> no, up going I, I, for the guy who's really I, a left I, I, back. So I didn't mention I go- two guys. Two guys used to play for Blackburn Rovers, <laughs> and he was midfield anyway. <laughs> I am so tempted to make my own choice and choose the Blackpool right back, but I'm not allowed to do that, so I will go with Ivanovic because I'm contractually obliged to agree with (laughs) Allison in these situations. Okay, I need two central defenders from you, Lansley. Okay, uh, from my bottom half team, I've got Scott Dan and Christoph Samba. Scott Dan got injured and left his team in the lurch by going around saying, oh, I have a boo-boo. Two-thirds of the season, he was right up there. And from my obviously team, I've gone for Vidic and company. Okay, Dan, Samba, Vidic and company. It sounds like a law firm. Paddy? <laughs> uh, Vincent Company and Gary Kale. I think by this point it's safe to say company's in. Company's Allison? in and Vidic. Um, I, I know why Paddy's not that keen on him, but uh, uh, he, I, he's well, had another awesome season. He really has. And there have been times when Man United have looked vulnerable and he stopped them leaking. Company and Vidic. All right. I, I sense a bit of a big four bias thus far, but let's move on. Uh, your left back. Leighton Baines. Ooh, Leighton Baines. A fashionable choice. Former Wigan star Leighton Baines. No, he's elegant. He's elegant. He's lovely to watch. Um, his set pieces are the most beautiful set pieces I've seen this season. Um, I think he was slightly flaky at the start of the campaign, but he, he his stature has grown and um, I, I just I just think he's, he's an effective and lovely player to watch. I would accept uh, Leighton Baines. A terrific season. I would accept Ashley Cole who's so good you just don't notice it anymore. But uh, Jose Enrique the Newcastle left back has be my left back of the season I like Enrique he's in my lower half team uh, but I'm going for Gareth Bale at left back in this team Okay, Gareth Bale at left back uh, I get the vote on this because Gareth Bale doesn't actually play left back I have to go with Leighton Baines Okay, now this time we're going to make it, we're going to do a big jumble. You get to name three midfielders. I will be lenient whether they play wide or not. But give me three midfielders, please. Paddy. Charlie Adam, absolutely terrific from start to finish. He was excellent again at Old Trafford yesterday, the Blackpool midfield player. Scott Parker, rightly voted player of Footballer of the Year by the Football Writers Association for his consistently magnificent performances for a team that in the end could stay up uh, and finally Ryan Giggs um, who may not have played every game for Manchester United but has been an absolute joy to watch in every game that he has played so Charlie Adam Scott Parker Ryan Giggs and my midfield trio should have want to put Lee Boyer in there that way you could have a hat trick of guys who got their teams relegated this year Alison <laughs> Charlie Adam because when he's playing okay, you can't take Adam's your in. eyes off right. him uh, Modric partly because I doubted he was the great midfielder that uh, Harry Redknapp claimed him to be but having seen quite a lot of him uh, I was won over he, he's surprisingly tough in the tackle and can break up opposition play as well as create it and to have both talents is amazing so he deserves to be in there and uh, Gareth Bale because the, the start of this season he was he was he was one of the best players in the world and he had pace but knew what to do with it Lansley okay Charlie Adam yeah um, Yosef Malumbu from West Bromwich Albion ooh good show and uh, Modric just ahead of Wilshire. Uh-huh. Okay, so based on your selections, uh, Charlie Adam is in. Luca Modric is in. 
not one I necessarily agree with. For the for your final choice, you get to choose. I get to ch pick between Parker, Giggs, Bale. Uh, and Malumbu. Um, I'm not going to go with Malumbu because people would be saying that I'm just sucking up to West Brom fans. I'm not going to go with Gareth Bale because he had half a season. <sighs> I'm really torn on Scott Parker because he's actually a good person and we want to celebrate good people. But and I shouldn't be really be going with Ryan Giggs either because he's a part-time player uh, at this stage and often plays on the wing as well. So in the end, I will go with Scott. Same routine. Your three strikers, Allison. Okay, Cout playing right. Oh my goodness! So wait, wait, mainly wait. because Cout, Suarez, and Carroll. Okay, no, I got it. no, <clears throat> stop that. Cout would, if I had access to all players, he'd be one of the first names down on my team sheet. That man has the most phenomenal energy levels. You can play him anywhere in a forward formation, a striker wide. Um, he's he's getting his scoring boots this season. Uh, he, okay, his attitude count. is amazing. I, I adore the man. He's and he got to play. Ball. That is not the reason you why. You have two choices, Alison, please. Um, uh, Van Persie, because... Um, he's, he's Dutch, almost okay. the opposite of Kaut in that I don't love him or like him and I find his style quite dull but he's so blooming efficient um, when he plays he scores and Van der Vaart because he's the player that I wish Liverpool had signed and didn't okay this is the this was Alison Van Rad the uh, our new Dutch correspondent um okay funny I disagree with all of them but hey <laughs> who am I to say Lansley my wide men are Stuart Downing who's been phenomenal for Aston Villa all season. Mm. Nasri, who was brilliant for two-thirds of the season, and Odom Vingi, who was the find of the season. Oh, Saze, I like that. Paddy? Uh, Coat was very tempting. He'd be my first man in my squad every time. But the my player, my front players would be uh, Nani, Chicharito, and in a tight battle between Nasri and Rooney, Nasri. Okay, absolutely remarkable. Uh, you, the three of you managed to come up with eight different names, which is statistically is nearly impossible. Uh, Nasri gets in, um, I guess, because he was played rather well through February. Um, <laughs> I get lots of... <laughs> I, I have all these... Got lots of mega powers. By the way, uh, shame on, on... If George Calkin were here, he would be very angry because nobody thought to mention one Darren Bent. Who I, I think did think of him. Few, I'm well glad you thought of him. But unfortunately, I can't get him in because of these stupid rules, which I made up myself. Uh, Odin Vingy is in there like a shot, no question about it. And... Uh, Goodness me, my I look at this pile of, 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 of fat guys, injured guys, unhappy guys, guys named Downing, and I will select Nanny. Another guy who tailed off, but anyway. So anyway, so your official 2011 um, game podcast team of the season is in goal, Edwin van der Sar across the back four. We have Branislav Ivanovic, Vincent Company, and Nemanja Vidic. Uh, left back is Leighton Baines. In midfield, the tough tackling Scott Parker, the elegantly passing Charlie Adam, Luka Modric, who sort of looks like a young Johan Cruyff. Mm. And up front, it's Nani on the on one wing, it's Nasri on the other wing, and it's Peter Odenvingi through the middle. Time now for some quick hits. Manchester City went at Bolton and finished joint second on points with Chelsea. Paddy, did Mancini surpass expectations? And would Tevez leaving be such a problem? 
Yes, he did. Uh, Mancini did surpass my expectations. Uh, I think he got stronger and stronger and stronger as the season went on. Absolutely terrific performance by him, and I eat my words. For, uh, as far as Tevez is concerned, definitely not. Should be first man out the door. Doesn't want to be there, so let him go. Aston Villa forget all about the doom and gloom of the start of the season and finish top 10, proving there's life after Martin O'Neill as long as the owner splashes out on a Darren Bent year after year. Peter, what does the future hold at Villa Park? I'm afraid we're in for a a transitional phase, as I think the phrase goes, um, because Ashley Young will almost certainly leave, Stuart Downing may leave, and we don't know who the manager is going to be, I'm afraid, because of health reasons until the start of next season. If they could get someone of the calibre of David Moyes to come in, then I think they could build on ninth place. Is McLeish out of bounds just because he's a Birmingham manager? Good question. Do you know what? That's been occurring to me this morning. He's down at the training ground as we speak at Birmingham, suggests he might be out the door, and he's a very good manager in my book. We love Big Ack. Alison, you'll be happy to get a Michael Owen question. <laughs> Michael Owen tweeted a while back that he had one big goal left in him this season. Alison, was the, f- was the fourth against Blackpool the one he was talking about? Um, and where do you see the next step of young Michael's career? Well, I think young 31-year-old Michael probably still wakes up in the morning dreaming that he's been brought on as a sub at Wembley and he scored the winning goal against Barcelona. And he's capable of doing that if he was to get the chance. Um, if he was on the bench, too. Even if he made it that far, yeah. I mean, the problem with Michael Owen is... What does he want? I mean, I'd have hoped that the season at Old Trafford has taught him there's not much point in, in being at a big club that isn't going to play you every week. So he, he he's still a fantastic player. The way he the way he scored his goal against Blackpool, it was just he could have been 18 again. So he should play somewhere where they'll play him every week. Anyway, Gab, question for you. Lille have completed the double in France. Will Rudy Garcia's men be a threat in the Champions League next season? Sadly, no, because in the messed up economics of the Champions League, uh, what eventually, what basically happens is you become a victim of your own success. Adil Rami uh, is, uh, is is already leaving. He signed with uh, with Valencia. It was so important for them at the back. Um, Gervinho, probably on his way out as well, not signing a new contract. Moussa Sal could follow. And of course, the biggest star of all, Eden has also out there on the block. Thanks for joining us, and please remember, you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find all your news, your gossip, your analysis, and also our web chats. Mine is coming up on Monday. you got Patty's and Ollie K's during the week, Graham Spears as well, if your tastes run north, north of the border. Uh, lots of good stuff for all of you out there. We're going to be back next week. Till then, toodaloo.